Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 132 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. And a beautiful day it is, too. Oh, my gosh. Our weather right now is... Uh, can we just bottle this and <laughs> maybe we use it for, like, next July or August? Maybe we shouldn't tell anybody about how good the weather <laughs> is here. We get too many people. Maybe not. Hey, our theme today is the M word. Yeah. I got to say that very, very carefully, don't we? Right? So, the M word. We've been hearing quite a bit lately on the news about large groups of people who are banding together to disrupt the peace and harmony of anyone with whom they politically disagree. These clusters of people might be referred to as crowds or swarms or even packs, and it appears to be okay to call them by any of those descriptors, but there's another word that just last week has been banned. We have a new naughty no-no word that must not be spoken in polite society. And that word is mob. We're being told by news moderators and pundits that we can no longer use that three-letter word and that the use of that word is so unseemly that one such media personality could only bring herself to refer to it as the M-word. Now, I try to get my news and information from a variety of sources, and in this instance, the word try is key. If CNN, which is where I have seen this latest round of word shaming, has commentators who are so delicate that the word mob must be censored, then I can only imagine what else they might not feel strong enough to convey to me and the rest of their audience. It's an odd thing to me that the commentators aren't ruffled in any way by the behavior of the people in these M words. They just can't bring themselves to say the word mob. We're talking about people screaming and yelling in public places, often dressed all in black clothing with their faces covered, exhibiting behavior designed to frighten and intimidate others. So nothing wrong with that, apparently, but the descriptive word mob, well, now that's a pace too far. So I grew up being taught that my rights extend only so far as the place where they impede on the rights of another person. 
So as long as my behavior is not negatively impacting another person, I am free to just live and let live. By contrast, these mobs of people either never learned that, or more likely, they just don't care. So how does this all tie into the Second Amendment and our God-given rights to self-defense? Well, it occurs to me, and it likely already occurred to you, that the same people who are shaming others for the use of the M word have been shaming us for years about our patriotism and our protection of the Bill of Rights. And the same people who take part in these politically charged mobs are the ones who say that we, you and I, have no need for our firearms. People who swarm together to intimidate others for political gain want you and I to be disarmed at the long arm and heavy boot of big government. And really, they're making our point for us. And I suppose at the end of the day, I should just thank them for their outrageous behavior. And I should thank the staff of CNN for pulling the curtain back on themselves. So I will. Thank you. Thank you for making my work so easy. My goal is to help people understand why their self-sufficiency matters, why it is vital to protect and preserve every syllable of our rights to protect and preserve our very lives. Crazy is out there and is sometimes fueled by news moderators, sometimes by a paycheck from the Bloomberg rights restrictors organizations, and sometimes by raw immaturity that stomps its jackbooted foot jack-booted feet, pardon me, and shakes its fists in an arrogant tantrum to get its own way. So, for those of us who will continue to teach our children and our children's children to value and respect not only their rights, but also to value and respect the rights of others, I pray that while there will always be mobs of various forms that come together for various reasons, that we will never be so deluded as to feel compelled to shrink from calling out their ridiculous behaviors for exactly what they are, and that we will never ascribe to the silliness of referring to these people, these mobs, as the M-word. Dan? Well, I can only respond to that in a way that they will understand. And that is? The B word, <laughs> the A word, Shut the D word, what? the Q word, Oh my goodness! the F word, oh. the S word, <laughs> and the T word. Oh, does that stand for anything? Does that spell That's, something? you you got to be in their group to understand. Oh, okay. They'll know yeah, what it right. means. <laughs> we'll be getting the phone calls, I'm sure, especially over that. A word. The A word, which I can't, is... I can't tell you, Cheryl. <laughs> if you're not part of that group, you're never going to know. <laughs> I'm just too delicate to know. I, I yes. think you just spoke gibberish, which is basically the point, right? Really what it should be is just... Man, it is, it is rough watching anything that passes as news these days. It's, Mob. 
I guess we could just keep saying that. Next time you make me mad, I'm going to, you mob. You mob. (laughs) That's great. Of course, Uh, you never make me mad. No. uh, (coughs) That would just be some alternate pretend universe, right? Maybe we should talk about the guests that we have coming on the show today, Cheryl. I like that idea. Our first hour, we have Ashley Lubinsky, one of the leading firearm historians in the country. Ashley has dedicated her life and career to the study of weaponry. She is currently the chief curator at one of the largest firearm collectors, collections in the country, the Cody Fire Museum in Wyoming. And she is one of the judges on a new competitive series, Master of Arms, that premieres Friday, November 2nd on the Discovery Channel. I can't wait. I know. That is going to be super fun. We also have Emily Valentine, the founder of Style Me Tactical, a concealed carry lifestyle blog and host of the Not Your Average Gun Girl podcast. And Emily is also featured on season five of NRA TV's Love at First Shot. We have Christopher Flowers. He is the founder and president of Vets for Biz. Chris is a U.S. Air Force and U.S. Army veteran who served as a security specialist and 13F forward observer in Operation Desert Storm. His new mission is to help promote business owned and operated by fellow military veterans. Then on our second hour, we have Derek LeBlanc, the founder and president of Kids Safe Foundation, with the goal to educate children and families on firearm safety and accident prevention. Mm-hmm. We have Karen Hunter, is a freelance writer, senior editor, firearms instructor, senior range officer at Force Options Tactical Training and Security. Then we have Drew Burquist, the editor-in-chief for OpsLens.com and host of CRTV's Experience Matters with Drew Burquist. Previously, he served as a counterterrorism officer for the United States intelligence community where he performed more than 30 deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Awesome people. We are just so blessed to know uh, some amazing people with such unique um, ex- life experiences and areas of expertise. It's just really awesome. And speaking of which, I had the amazing opportunity this past weekend to host a panel of women. It was called Women of Action uh, in the Firearms Industry. And we brought together at the, the Arizona Citizens Defense League annual dinner, the AZCDL, we brought together, gosh, who was there? Uh, Carrie Lightfoot. I mean, holy cow. She, in three, four years' time, went from, you know, just a citizen who felt a need. Like she needed to, you know, figure out how to get training for a female and how to holster her firearm for concealed carry. And she said, well, if I have that need, then probably others do too. And in that short span of time, maybe five years, I don't even think it's been five years, she has a chapter in every single one of our states, uh, training women, empowering women. It's just incredible. We had Rachel Malone. She is um, just a wonderful young woman. She's millennial-aged. She came from a place where she didn't even understand, like, what is what's a bullet like what which end of the gun like literally she tells that story and um she is an advocate now very strong advocate and works with gun owners of america in texas we had antonia okafer 
uh, her brand Empowered was it uh, is just growing and growing. She was out here, and Cindy Harding, who um, created the Not Your Victim classes, and she also creates Made in America concealed carry purses and uh, messenger bags and things of that nature. So a uh, wonderful opportunity. I thank the AZCDL so much for all that they do and inviting us out to have that panel discussion. I want to talk about that more later at another time. But right now, we have to run to commercial. And I hope you stick around because Ashley Lebensky is on the other side of these messages. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Hi folks, I'm Don Kaiser. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this show is also a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at sdrn.us. Our first guest is a personal friend of ours. We love everything she does, and we love when we have a chance to connect with her on the show. Uh, her name is Ashley Lebensky, one of the leading firearms historians in the country. Ashley has dedicated her life and career to the study of weaponry. She's currently the chief curator of one of the largest firearms collections in the country, the Cody Firearms Museum in Wyoming. And she is one of the judges on the new competition series called Master of Arms that premieres on Friday, November 2nd on the Discovery Channel. Welcome to the show, Ashley. 
Hey, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. It's, it's weird not being in the studio. I know. It's so fun because usually you, you're here and then we go out for margaritas after and we, we plan it very carefully that way. But <laughs> but when we have something exciting <laughs> to um, to announce like this master of arms, we grab whatever minute we have. And, and this is that minute. So uh, tell us everything, right? Well, okay. Maybe you can't tell us everything. Well, everything I can say, right? Okay, no spoilers, but talk to us about this show. Like, how did you get involved? How many episodes? Like, just everything. Well, so this is really exciting for me. As you know, I uh, I work in a museum, and I'm usually sitting with thousands of guns all the time, kind of working away at exhibitions and writing, and then I do do television from time to time. But uh, I was actually contacted last year, and I was contacted by a casting agent that had seen me online and was wondering if I would want to be a part of a new weapons-making competition show. And I said, of course. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, we kind of talked last August and we didn't hear anything for a while. And then come January, it all happened really fast. And they brought me down to do a test with some of the potential talent. And they selected me and we filmed eight episodes all while I was working remotely at the museum and we're ready to uh, premiere our first season. My goodness. You know, first of all, I want to know what kind of coffee you drink so that you can keep up with your life. I just, I really admire how much you squeeze out of your 24 hours every day. Well, you know, some days are better than others, but I, I actually joked that when I was filming the show and I was working remotely, I feel like I put more hours into the museum than I would have if I was sitting in the office. Because when you're sitting in the office and 4.30 rolls around and you're like, hmm, happy hour is calling. <laughs> it's not an option when you're <laughs> on set filming for 12 hours. And so, you know, I ended up, I woke up, you know, I answered emails to the museum, I went to hair and makeup, sometimes I took conference calls, you know, we went and did the filming, which was amazing, and so we were really, I was really able to keep a good balance while we were there, which I was very fortunate that the Discovery Channel was so awesome in letting me do that, and so was the Buffalo Bell Center of the West. That's fantastic. My goodness. So back to the, the, the way the show is set up, so how many people are competing over that eight episodes? Is it the same three or four people, or do we have people coming and, and getting voted off the island, or like, how does that work? <laughs> so yeah, don't make me do math this early in the morning but um, <laughs> we have three contestants each episode eight episodes there you go and uh, each episode we've got kind of a different theme um, a different historical era if you will and there are three contestants and they have two separate rounds the first round is a quick draw challenge where they've got several hours it depends on the challenge to make a weapon in front of the judges, which oh, is pretty, wow. uh, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we do some weapons testing with that, and then one person is eliminated, and then the final two contestants get a master build challenge, and they've got four days in a workshop to create an even bigger project. And then we've got our um, weapons tester, Nicholas Irving, former special operations sniper Nicholas Irving, and we go out to the field, and we test those out, and then the three judges, Trent and Ty, uh, Zeke's down and myself, we deliberate and we crown someone each episode, uh, Master of Arms, and they win $10,000. Wow. That is really intense, <laughs> but really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. You're, they're like, okay, so here's a, what was that, that show that used to be where the guy could take a toothpick and a paperclip and create, you know, like a, a car out of it? 
MacGyver, yeah. MacGyver. So these people have to like MacGyver it up in right in front of the judges in that first phase of the show. That's that's intense. That's got to be really fun. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine the pressure that those craftsmen are under. And the neat thing too is that we we ask them to make a, a weapon from history, and so that can be anything from a blade to a bow to a firearm, and they don't know what they're going to get. When they mm-hmm. come to the show, so you could be uh, a bladesmith and have to make uh, a flintlock firearm. Oh. You know, it, it really is kind of uh, reach your hand into the bag. But the other thing that's cool about it is they're using some historical techniques, but then they're also fusing it with modern techniques because they don't have as much time as you would have had to make something back several hundred years ago. And mm-hmm. so the creativity of these craftsmen is just truly extraordinary. Right, and what little I know about metalwork, which is basically nothing but if I I think I know if you're trying to cool steel too fast it becomes brittle and so then you don't really have a a great you know piece of weaponry there if it's going to break if you you know touch a piece of glass with it or something so does that come into play and then okay no go ahead do do they have to figure out the number one thing is that it works you yeah. know, when we test it out, I mean, we beat the crap out of them. <laughs> so we really test them out so that they're battle ready. That is incredible. I've seen a couple of the preview videos, and I, I, I cannot wait for premiere night. So tell folks again, when is premiere night and what time would they tune in to the Discovery Channel? So Master of Arms is premiering on Discovery after Gold Rush on November 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. That is so awesome. I cannot wait for that. Now, if we have another minute or two, which I think we do, let's talk about what's going on at the Cody Firearms Museum because we hinted at the beginning that there's a ton of renovations going on. And when we were there last year for the um, Museum Curator Summit, you we were being kind of walked around and shown and it's like we're not just moving some showcases we're like cutting holes in floors right yep (laughs) (laughs) the hole is cut um it's a very odd shape for something that will become a spiral staircase uh yeah it's uh, it's insane how busy we are right now we are under construction so the museum itself the forty thousand square feet is under construction and in the meantime i'm literally in the middle of installing a temporary exhibit um, in the old Winchester Arms Museum space at the Buffalo Bell Center of the West. And when I say literally, I mean I I hung up the last gun, walked over, picked up the phone for this interview, and when I'm done, I'm going to go back. And we are finishing up text. Final text will go off to editors this Friday, and then I get to have the very fun task of writing 16,000 labels. Oh. Yay. <laughs> Label writer. You just never knew that was going to be part of your your uh, resume, right? Right. And I am not a very good writer. Ask my <laughs> grad school professors. Not my forte, but uh, label writing and uh, text panel writing is fortunately concise enough that I don't screw it up with that. So this exhibition is part of the museum in Wyoming, were you saying? Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is, uh, I just said ma'am to you, Cheryl. That was weird. <laughs> I know. Um, I yes, am not ma'am to you. This is a part of the uh, renovation. And so because we're under full construction right now and we don't reopen until July 6, 2019, we wanted to make sure that uh, everyone coming this fall, especially our hunters, every time I see someone in camel, I'm like, get those guns up mm-hmm. on display because you mm-hmm. know they're coming to see the firearms museum. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that temporary exhibit uh, while we change things up in the regular footprint of the museum. 
Oh, that's awesome. So there's another uh, exhibition that you're working on in Texas, I believe you were saying. Yes. Um, so I didn't have enough between the show. I know, right? The <laughs> renovation, a temporary exhibit here. <laughs> I, um, I am co-curating an exhibition of embellished uh, sporting arms for the Houston Museum of Natural Science. And I... This, this experience is, is, is truly unique for me because when they reached out to me to do it, I had to turn them down because I'm so swamped with everything else. And I realized, well, I have an embellished arms historian living in Cody. He's a curator emeritus. He's basically a rock star uh, historian in the firearms world. And wouldn't it be amazing to do a collaboration with him? So I reached out to him and asked if I could work with him. I Usually I'm hiring him to do stuff here now, which is so weird to me because he's so legendary. And so I'm actually <laughs> able to work with him as a colleague. Mm-hmm. And we're putting the exhibition together. And it's looking at European sporting arms from the 16th to 18th centuries. And it's looking really at the uh, role of the artist and the craftsman, uh, which ironically uh, fits all the way back into the show that we're doing. <laughs> right. So funny how things come full circle that way, right? So, so where is yeah, this? We didn't even plan it that way. That's so funny. So, how? Where is this uh, place in Houston uh, that people can go see the exhibition? It's the Houston Museum of Natural Science, and we're working on it right now. And the opening is March of 2019. March of 2019, which we're going to blink, and it's going to be March of 2019. So that's don't say that. I <laughs> I know. Like you need any more pressure? You need a a couple of uh, happy hours probably just to kind of decompress. But I know you yeah. love the work you do. I know you have just a a passion for it, and I know that that fuels you as well. Um, but just in the last couple of minutes that we have here together, uh, let's talk again about the the Master of Arms show. So that's going to be premiering. On the uh, Friday, November 2nd, again, we're going to blink and it's going to be Friday, November 2nd. That's going to be on the Discovery Channel. And, you know, when we're talking about you as a judge, like how hard is that? Because you've got to have some really talented people just giving their all. And then you've got to come in and be kind of like, yeah, yours, not so great, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's really tough, and I said earlier, you're the first thing, first and foremost, with the uh, competition is that it has to work. So we put these through these weapons through the rigor, and so they, they have to work first and foremost. As a historian, I obviously like things that have uh, more historical accuracy, although that is not a requirement for every, for every single challenge. You know, obviously, if they want to take some liberties to make it a more efficient weapon, because just because it's historic doesn't mean it works well. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's some liberties that can be taken there, but it was really hard as a historian, as a book nerd, mm-hmm. you know, to look at these pieces that I could never make in my entire life mm-hmm. and be able to critically look at them and judge them. And luckily, museum background gives you kind of that ability to assess uh, the, the different ways that the weapons are made and how they're made. But to be able to look at, and really in some instances, it's, it's a true horse race, splitting hairs, because these people are all so amazing. Exactly what I was thinking. Now, if the if the tool breaks, then it's easy for you, right? So you're kind of like, maybe one, one of these amazing looking tools will break, and then I don't have to feel so hard it won't be so we hard don't to hope judge. for that <laughs> <laughs> okay we won't hope for that well we still got Zeke and Nick testing them out we don't want that to happen oh and gosh it, 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 you know it's 
Right. It's such a high stakes situation for everyone involved. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this to come out. I know our listeners are going to be excited. Uh, so we, we're out of time now. Will you please just tell folks one more time how they can not only follow all the work that you do, but how they can tune in and see every second of the Master of Arms? So Masters of Arms is premiering on Discovery Channel November 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard and Eastern, or Eastern Pacific and Pacific Time. And if you want to see what we're doing at the museum, just look us up as Cody Cyrus, uh Museum on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much. Go, you know, you got the rest of the day off now, right? Go put your feet up. I, I give you yeah, the rest right, of the yeah, day nothing off. Else to do. <laughs> All right, ma'am. We will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Cheryl. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have Emily Valentine coming up right after this. She is the founder of Style Me Tactical. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at polygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited for our next guest, Emily Valentine. She is the founder of Style Me Tactical, a concealed carry lifestyle blog and host of Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. Emily is also featured on season five of NRA TV's Love at First Shot. Welcome to the show, Miss Emily. 
Hey, Cheryl, how are you? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Super excited to have connected. I know your schedule and my schedule just did not want to play nice together, but we figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) And are you in a location where your cell's a little weak, where you're a little little twittery on my end? Um, I usually get good service. That's um, where I'm at. That's Let better. Let me get up and move around. Is this better? That's better. That's much stronger. Thank you for doing that. So tell me about your blog, your Style Me Tactical blog. Because, um, you know, just walking down the street, I don't go, oh, Emily Valentine. There's one of those crazy gun people, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you dress very stylishly. You have the most amazing oh, thank you. flag sequins, high heels. I wanted to swipe them right off your feet uh, when I saw you last time. So tell us about your blog, Style Me Tactical. I mean, like, I don't just, you know, picture you walking down the street and people going, oh, that's clearly one of those crazy gun people, right? I mean, you dress very, very stylishly. Uh, you have these amazing patriotic shoes that I, I really, really wanted to just swipe right off your feet. They've got the stars on the toes and the stripes down oh, the heel. Thank you. Just amazing. But how, how did you end up in this world of the Second Amendment and, and how to carry firearms and all that sort of thing? You know, it it honestly, it just uh, started when my husband came home from, just came home one day and was like, I I think I want to get a uh, gun for home defense. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. sure, I have no problem with that. And so I decided to start looking online for some resources for women. And I realized that, you know, three years ago, things were still very, I think, getting started with uh, women in the industry are becoming not as popular as they are today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not really finding a lot of stuff out there that like I could relate to just, you know, personally. So I was like, you know what, what if I just kind of started my own blog and just kind of started writing about this experience for me? Because I had at that time had never shot a gun before, really had no experience. And I was like, this might be a good opportunity for me to document my journey. I might be able to help some other people out, but also in turn, try to get some information and, and reach out to, you know, all the people that the internet can reach to kind of help me along that journey. And so I started Style Me Tactical. And along that way, you know, that I made the decision that I was going to own a firearm. And, and of course, that led to, well, now I want to start carrying it on body. And, again, seeing that there wasn't a lot of information out there and there wasn't just any kind of, you know, inspiration is how I would go about that. And I was like, well, I I don't want to start wearing tactical pants yeah, and huge clothes. So I'm going to find a way to make this work with the outfits and the style that I have. And I will also document that on uh, the blog as well. So it's kind of evolved from there. That is so cool. There are so many people in our industry that they just felt a need for themselves. And they thought, just like you did, well, if I have these questions, if I have these needs, probably somebody else does too. And, right. and it just kind of grows out of there. And it really is. I mean, it's not something that you can take lightly, because if you're going to conceal carry, you know, you've got to figure it out. I've still got to live my life. If I'm a professional person and I'm dressing, you know, in professional clothing, yeah, tactical pads are not an option, right? Exactly. I mean, because what I've learned is, you know, and I think anyone who decides to enter that concealed carry 
um, life is that it is an actual lifestyle mm-hmm. and that you have to have to embrace it and figure out how you're going to make it work for what you do in your daily life. Absolutely. And, and it helps keep you safe and keeps others safe because those of us that carry off body, you know, so it's in my purse. Great. But then I go into a meeting and where do I put my purse or I come home? Right. Where do I put my purse so that when my nieces and nephews or my grandbaby or somebody comes over that everybody stays safe? These are important things to to figure out. So many different things to start thinking about and considering when you do decide to start um, carrying concealed. And I haven't ventured into the off-body care yet. It's just not something that I'm personally comfortable with. I prefer on-body carry just... You know, for many reasons, it's everyone has their own personal uh, reasons for how they choose to carry. Mm-hmm. And so long as you're doing it, you know, safely, then you got, you've got to carry in a way that works for you. Absolutely. So our seasons are changing. Those of us that live in Arizona yes, get to are. say the word finally. Finally, it's cooling <laughs> off. Oh, my goodness. And so, but I know that, you know, my friends in North Dakota are reporting like 12 inches of snow. So, I mean. Oh, my gosh, that's too early for that. I know. That's what they're saying. And so as the temperatures change, so do the clothes that we wear. We, we dress more in layers. We ha- wear heavier clothing. We might wear gloves, which affect our hands and even how bulky our hands are. So mm-hmm. talk to us about how, how you help people with that transition from season to season uh, with concealed carrying. You know, I think it's important, you know, especially for women, I think the the easy thought process is that just add a bunch of layers and then you can carry more easily and you don't have to worry about printing or any of those things. But, you know, we like to look cute and there's nothing wrong with that. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that, you know, being able to transition to fall from, you know, warmer months, it's it doesn't mean having to pile on layers upon layers, you know. Mm-hmm. You can easily just take a blouse that you've been wearing and then layer over a light cardigan or a blazer, things that work with your outfit that you don't have to necessarily take off like a coat. Hmm. You know, they're part they're kind of part of your outfit. So I love to use, you know, cover garments, but not so much in the sense that just because it's a cover garment, I need to then pile on a heavy layer. I can still make it look cute adding, you know, trends of the season, different plaids or floral prints and things like that. And a lot of, you know, great things about the fall fashion is that there's a lot of cute little light jackets that you can wear that have draping or what they call like a a waterfall drape in the front and it's great for concealing and minimizing any printing and you can just throw that on over you know I I live in t-shirts so I just shop for different types of cute little jackets and I just throw that over a top and I'm good to go and then you can of course since it is getting colder, you know, adding those accessories like the scarves and cute little beanies and hats, like all kind of help pull that look together. So, you know, I don't think women should shy away from being able to look cute during any time of year. But in the fall, it's honestly a lot easier because there are so many more options. And it doesn't mean you need to add, you know, double XL sweaters or anything like that over your look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so um, do you personally tend to wear gloves? And how does that tend to affect um, your handling of your firearm? Because like I'm thinking if you have bulky gloves that that makes your fingers thicker trying to get through the trigger guard. If you wear 
gloves that are smooth and slick, well, then that might, you know, you might not have the same surety of grip on on the handle of the firearm. Uh, right. What, what do you say about those kinds of things? Those are great, great points for uh, moving into the colder months. And honestly, I do wear gloves, but most of my gloves are fingerless gloves. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, maybe that's my secret trick. I don't know. I haven't really. I didn't really think about that. The fact that I was wearing fingerless gloves was a bonus or mm-hmm. or an, an added feature to being able to draw or use uh, my firearm. But you know, with the transitional clothing and moving into different styles of clothing, it's important that no matter what you choose, if you do choose to uh, wear gloves um, or different types of of, um, cover garments, that you are doing your dry draw practices before you leave. So you get a feel for how that's going to work. And if you do plan to wear gloves while you are out and about all day, then spend some time in in the morning, do some of those, you know, dry draws, do some dry fire practice with it. Take, wear your gloves to the range. I mean, it's just a Mm -hmm. matter of adapting what you're doing in your life to being able to manipulate your firearm and how you're going to make that make that work for you in case you should need to ever draw it. Absolutely. Such important things to to be thinking about and the the practicing, you know, the mental practice, mm-hmm. the physical practice, build up that muscle memory, uh, make sure that 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 outer layer isn't in your way, right? Or catching on the trigger accidentally right. as you're pulling uh, your draw. So, so important to think about. So you were recently on NRA TV's Love at First Shot. Talk to us about that. We've got about two minutes left. Um, It was a great experience. Um, They did it a little bit differently this year where they paired up amateur shooters with pro shooters to to shoot a competition-style show. So I was paired up with uh, Cheyenne Dalton, a young competitive shooter who is amazing um, Mm -hmm. in her in her sport and it was just a really fun time meeting all the different ladies and getting able to like spend that time and and be around the women where you have something in common you're all kind of sharing that same goal and and that camaraderie It, it was a really a great great experience and I'm excited for it to air and when does that uh debut or premiere it, they just released the trailer about a week ago, and it premieres uh, middle of November. It'll premiere, I believe, on NRA TV's website and, I believe, on Facebook Premiere TV. And just with the little bit of time we have left, tell folks what they could expect when they tune into your Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. Um, we talk about, I, I host that show with Amy Robbins, and we try to bring in different people from the industry, industry experts to talk about different things regarding concealed carry, owning a firearm. You know, one of our recent episodes, we, we had Jeff Houston on from NRA Carry Guard, and we talked about when to draw your weapon. And we try to also share different stories of different women in the industry as to why they got into guns or how guns have impacted or changed their lives. We try to mix in, you know, a lot of that technical gun stuff with, like, the girly stuff that Amy and I, and you know, enjoy. You know, a little bit of beauty, a little bit of what's happening in our lives kind of thing. But we also want to make sure that, you know, women feel that they've got a resource to come to and ask us questions and get some valuable information that they can apply to their lives in their own concealed carrier uh, gun journey. Absolutely. And um, we're going to have to have you back on soon because I see that one of your recent blogs that you posted on your Style Me Tactical blog deals with traveling and flying with firearms. And that is always oh, yeah. 
I mean, instantly everybody's blood pressure goes up and, and the mm-hmm. stress level goes up because it it's a it's a worrisome topic. This feels like there's more yes, ways to is. do it wrong than do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so For sure. Got to have you back on to talk about that. I would love that. I would too. So we've got to run. But as we go out, please tell folks how they can follow all of the great work that you're doing. Well, thank you. Um, you can check out my blog at stylemetactical.com. And then on all social media, I'm just at stylemetactical. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Miss Emily. We will definitely thank you, Cheryl. be talking soon. I appreciate soon. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, stick around because we have in studio Christopher Flowers. He is the founder and president of Vets for Biz. Stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are glad you are here with us today, and if you missed any portion of today's show, be sure to check us out at our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. All 131 other episodes we have posted there. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click the Guest tab and you'll see photos and bios and links for all the guests that we've ever had. It's a wonderful resource and, you know, we don't hate it when you spend time there. 
All right. So in studio, sitting right next to me is our next guest and our friend Christopher Flowers, the founder and president of Vets for Biz. Chris is a U.S. Air Force and U.S. Army veteran who served as a security specialist and a 13F that means forward observer, in Operation Desert Storm. His new mission is to help promote businesses owned and operated by fellow military veterans. Welcome to the show, Chris. All right. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to come uh, hang out with you guys again. And uh, I always tell this story. I just wanted to thank the, the Todd so much because if it wasn't for them, I would have never fired a Tommy gun ever in my life. So uh, they gave me the opportunity to fire a Tommy gun, which I thought was just the coolest thing in the world. I'll never forget that experience. That was fantastic. Well, not that you were a, a new shooter at the time. No, no, not at all. But, but a Tommy gun. Yeah, but a Tommy gun, right? <laughs> but we try at least once a year to take out groups of people who it is their first time mm -hmm. to, to fire a firearm. And we give them a safe and a fun opportunity and, you know, that is one of the most powerful ways to change hearts and minds from Absolutely. people that feel like they're stuck in this they, guns are bad. And they got to go over the stigma. Bad. They got to go yeah. over the stigma of yeah, the guns yeah. are bad. And actually, when they feel it in their hand, they feel they have the control over it. And they understand what's going on. It's like, OK, it's not it's not such a terrible thing. Absolutely. And uh, I know you didn't think the tummy gun was bad. So. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Fantastic. All right. Especially being an Italian kid from Connecticut. It's like, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Right. There's some history there. <laughs> Um, so you have a, a tagline, and it's, you produce, we promote, we got your six. Talk to us about what does that mean? Well, in my 23 years in the financial industry, being mm -hmm. a business development officer, mm -hmm. okay, I've gone out and talked to so many different business owners, and they're so busy in the business. They're running the show. They're doing oh. their day-to-day -day operations. Amen. You guys know what all that's Amen. about. Amen. Well, the one thing that they're not doing mm -hmm. is promoting the brand. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, they're not out there networking. They're not out there creating the connections. They're not out there, you know, build, like I said, building that brand, getting that no, the, uh, market recognition that they, mm -hmm. you know, that they need mm -hmm. to you know, draw revenue. So I've been networking before networking was cool. I said, I'm an Italian kid from <laughs> Connecticut, you know, and we just grew up like, and I knew everybody. So everybody asked me, hey, you know. Who do you know what does this? You got a guy, you got like, yeah, I got a guy. Got so a I, guy. <laughs> I, I took I took the networking kind of, you know, thing, you know, having the connections, if you will. Mm -hmm. Air quotes connections. So uh, so having the connections there, seeing the need for the marketing aspect for the businesses, and just meld the two together, like I said, and all of this, of course, is you know, a gift from God, because I'm not that smart to figure this kind of stuff out. <laughs> so you know, God God literally just gave me this idea, the logo and everything, and even the slogan. So you produce means that you do what you're gifted to do. Yeah. You guys are running the radio show. You guys are running the gun store. Yeah. You guys, okay, you're doing that part. Mm -hmm. I'm going to promote it. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to let everybody know exactly what you guys are doing and how badass you guys are doing it. <laughs> and that means... When I says I got your six, yeah, that means you don't have to look back. Mm. Okay, so like I said, when we're when we're doing like you know building infiltration or something like that, we kick the door. And if I'm the point man, mm -hmm. I don't have to look back. Okay, mm -hmm. I just know I have to focus on my objective. I have to focus on target. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking back because my my crew's got my six. Mm. So that's what that's for biz is really I all about. Got your back. I love that. You that's know that's it's really hard for a guy that wants to go in business because, you know, he may know I'm a gunsmith. Oh, I love working on guns. That's all I know. I don't even mm -hmm. know how to do that. Exactly. I don't know how to do the taxes. I don't know how to do the marketing. I don't know how. And so it's great to see you doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly the the, the point. Uh, you know, 
I've been given a lot of gifts and a lot of tools. And like I said, a lot of times, or people just, they might be, you know, a fan, they might be able to do even the social media part, but they're not networkers. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They're not, they don't know, they're not, they can't have that conversation. They don't have that kind of free spirit and more introverted, like a CPA so type, you know true. what I mean? So that's so where we can come true. in and help. So, you know, with Danny and I, you know, when you've got a husband and wife working together, we've sort of pie charted our lives. And so, like, the things that he's great at are these, and the things that I'm good at are these. Um, but even with that, you know, th that helps ex expand what we're able to squeeze out of a 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. But even with that, it's still hard to get to the events and to meet the people and follow up with the people and build the relationships. Right. And So I think you are exactly on point with with you understood the pain points that people that are working in their business it's hard for us to pull back and work on our business right right and you help with that by by alleviating some of the working in pieces mm -hmm. if you can delegate that little portion of that time you know to mm -hmm. you let like i said let vets for biz you know promote the business you guys get back to doing what you're really gifted at doing which that's something that i can't do so mm -hmm. right so christopher what kind of businesses are you working with right now i know it's for vets but what kind of businesses do they do it's not just for vets but it's, it's for spouses of veterans also uh, literally anything, mm -hmm. literally any business. I, you know, I don't care if you make T-shirts. You know, I don't care if you're a gunsmith. I don't care. It really doesn't matter because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a directory of veteran businesses that we can all do business with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first. That's the first and foremost. That's what Vets for Biz, the website is about, is building that directory so that way we could do business with other veterans. We know mm -hmm. our green zones where to spend our money. Mm -hmm. Okay, because if I could do business with a veteran or Let's say, I mean, you guys are just ultra super patriots, which I absolutely love you guys to death. <laughs> I'm, <you. laughs> I'm the biggest fan of you guys. So, you know, even if you're a super patriot, like, you know, Frank DeSoma, mm -hmm. a POF. Oh, yeah. You know, he's not a veteran. You know a more patriotic person than that, dude? No, you don't. Right. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody like that, you know, I mean, super patriots, veterans, and, you know, spouses of veterans, I'm, I'm in support of. They're in support of us. I'm going to support them. Some people give love for, oh, yeah, we, you know, we support veterans. Get out of my face. Yeah. You know, I don't care about it. But, you know, people, people that, that are, are you guys top. are super veterans. Frank's a super veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. They're, it's, a, it's open for, well, thank for you. sure. That's awesome. So you put uh, together these things called rally points. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that. Because, again, that's a, a military term. Exactly. Right. So you're yeah. talking to veterans. You're talking to military mm -hmm. people. So you're using these military terms and I think that's even endearing and helps them feel that connection exactly so we just had a fantastic event last night at Heroes Pub and Grub uh, over at 59th and Union Hills in Glendale had a really good turnout and uh, of course we're gonna have one at AZ Firearms on November 17th absolutely out there gotta throw that plug absolutely okay. <laughs> so uh, that's gonna be the next one in November what rally point is now being like I said being in the military like you said we know we have our op orders. So we have certain places we need to be at certain times. Okay. That's the objective. That's the rally point. Okay. You need to be here. So when a veteran hears, here's a rally point, get there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what the rally point does, it's not just for the business owners. It's for all veterans. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to do, it's called build the unit. Okay. Because mm -hmm. when we were in, we we're in the military, um, we all leaned on each other. Yeah. You know, it's like we, we, if anything was going on, we all knew about it. We could feel it. You yeah. know, it was just, you know, we all, like I said, it was completely, you're just open, mm -hmm. you know, and the, I need help with this or, hey, you know, you, we, you know, we all had, like I said, had each other's back. We took care of our own. Well, the rally points, what I'm trying to do is build that unit, build that camaraderie. Because mm. ever since we're out of the military, we don't really have that anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, trying to get uh, that that built up, trying to get that. Uh, so why would we have our own internal network? Like I said, somebody needs a job, somebody's truck broke down, somebody needs to move. Hey, you know what? We got the unit. So this is where you've got the actual people in the room meeting each other face to face, shaking hands, you know, building those bonds and sharing with each other. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I I am the guy you need. I'm exactly. a plumber or I'm a whatever. Or that right? guy over there or I got a guy or yeah, or whatever. Awesome. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're almost out of time already. It goes <laughs> so fast. Mm-hmm. But you do something called Vetter Vetter views, am I saying that Correct. right? Correct, yeah, better talk, view. Talk to us about what those are and why those are so important to you. You have a real passion for that. Yeah, a vetter view is a veteran interview mm-hmm. with either a business owner or a center of influence, mm-hmm. somebody that's successful you know, in, in, their, in their industry. What, what I say is that, okay, so I was uh, military police and I was a uh, uh, forward observer of 13 Fox in the Army. That pretty much trains me to be a cop. Mm-hmm. nothing else. I know how to make stuff disappear. Yeah. Okay, blow it up. <laughs> uh, so, but I've been in business finance for 23 years, okay? Reach for your goal. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Denzel Washington said in his speech, don't don't make a living, make a difference. Mm. Drive for that passion. Nobody can stop us. We're veterans. What are they going to do? They're yeah. not going to stop us from doing what we want to do. So drive towards your passion, drive towards your goal. And these people are just inspiration points. Hey, if they can do it, yes. I can do it. And it's also a way to give out more resources on how to get help to make that dream happen. I love it. All right. Got to run, but tell folks how they can follow all the work you're doing and and get connected with your your organization. Absolutely. So uh, the website is www.vets the number four biz.us. Uh, it's going to change current line of construction. Uh, on Facebook, it's at vets for biz us. Mm-hmm. But on like Instagram and Twitter, it's just at Vets for Biz. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your service to our country. Um, just proud to know you, Christopher yeah. Flowers. And I'd like to say thank you for all you guys do, especially for stand up for the Second Amendment and everything like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's important to us. Thank you so much. Bye bye now. All right, stick around. We still have another full hour of Gun Freedom Radio with Derek LeBlanc up first with Kids Safe Organization. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com.